0: Test, 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 test. Hey, welcome, Bike, to the channel. Welcome, Bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. I said, hey, we want some fantasy. Big Dogs Gotta Eat BDGE. Week seven, after tonight, in the novels, in the bookers, which means we are halfway through the regular season of fantasy football. It is time to start shaping up. It's time to cut the bullshit. I know a lot of y'all still be with the bullshits. Time to cut it. Time to cut it. We're halfway through. It's Time to make some shmoney moves. If we're not doing it, we're falling behind. Take the dubs. It's no, it's no longer okay to just put up a lot of points. We always want the hashtag points, but we're coming to the breaking point of the season where we need wins, where we need wins, And a lot of y'all probably didn't have wins this week because 72 running backs got hurt again I don't know how 72 running backs can get hurt every single week and uh And we continue to still have running backs available in the nfl It's almost as if they don't matter There are a few guys that definitely matter though There are absolutely a few guys that definitely matter And uh, one of them would be aaron jones So we're going to start this off we're going to go through all of week seven, the recap, you know, everything I took away, some of the bigger points, notables, but as always, we are starting off with thigh injuries, not thigh injuries, thigh injuries, because we're taking a bike to fucking Middle Earth with thigh, maybe thigh, thigh injuries. Are there any thigh injuries? I don't think there are any thigh injuries today. That doesn't matter. I don't know what I'm saying, but before we start, make sure your shirt's tucked in, tuck your shirt in. Lower the volume. Stop yelling. Let's see. Hit that thumbs up. Hit the button that looks like this. Hit it. Smack it. Let me make sure I'm not on mute. We're not on mute. Beautiful. So we can start. We could we talk. We could talk. Aaron Jones. Unexpected uh, little calf injury throughout the middle of the week. And uh, pretty much everything was pushing him towards being on the field and playing. But Green Bay wanted to take it conservatively do you fucking blame them they got to play the texans uh was was pretty easy pretty light work there Devonte adams basically just ate aaron jones and said don't worry dog i'm gonna carry you to the finish line and um and they got to rest he traveled with the team he really he I, I i everything i've read said that he tried to push to play so i'm not expecting this to be a multi-week injury if for some reason it does obviously jamal williams is a locked and loaded probably borderline rb1 if not certainly in the rb1 discussion he he became the workhorse there i don't know why i was getting so many questions about aj dylan's hit star questions it was actually a bit concerning at this point uh aj dylan fucking stinks guys aj dylan stinks aj fucking cream filling that's what we're calling him from now on all he does is look thick all he does is look thick it's not good it's not good he's basically what's the what's the comparison in a bakery food i was gonna say cupcake cupcakes look thick but they're not good but cupcakes kind of are good uh yodels absolutely slap twink twinkies twinkies are wildly overrated they're more iconic than they are actually good but even at this point aj dylan's nowhere near iconic he's he's just a, a horrible second round pick regardless aaron jones i don't expect him to be out for a long time joe mixon dealing with his mid sprained foot this was not supposed to be considered serious until it was and now they're saying week to week if you're a mixing owner you gotta be a little bit nervous about that anytime you start throwing the weeks in there any anytime it goes from day to day to week to week a little nervous so you have geo and you have jamal taking over these workhorse roles Gio wasn't that good but he did get in the end zone at the end which really capped his day um so we had a lot of you know the geo jamal boston scott weeks it was these backup these backup running bikes okay uh joe mixon week to week anyone's guess as to whether or not he's back this week or if he's back next week same thing with chris carson because chris carson left sunday night football last night both starting running backs did so we'll get into both of them right now we got joe mixon we got aaron jones we got chris carson we got Kenyon drake we got jeff Wilt, we got so many damn running backs hurt again i spent 40 45 minutes out of my monday morning just thinking about the feat of of running backs in the nfl it's, it's quite disturbing carson leaves sunday night football carlos hyde comes in takes over It is a midfoot sprain, not considered to be serious. He's going to get an MRI today. And again, this is about the same injury that Joe Mixon suffered. It can be mild. It can be moderate. It can be severe. I'm only technically a doctor, so I'm going to give you all of the big facts that I know. It can be one of those three, mild, moderate, severe. The moderate and severe cases are known as like the Liz Frank injuries, right? Where they're more serious and they take a lot of time to recover from. That's like, think Cam Newton, think, Hollywood Brown with the screw in the foot Evan Ingram as well which is also being wildly downplayed because we talked about this all offseason about how Evan Ingram was going to be playing with a whole ass screw in his foot and people were expecting him to be explosive and good and shit obviously Jason Garrett's using him in a wildly inappropriate manner as if he's a fucking actually I'm not gonna even go there Evan Ingram terrible this year that's what happens when you have a screw in your foot but this is not supposed to be that serious but But, you know, I'm watching Dr. Morse's injury videos that the guy, the guy fucking, nobody works harder than him. It's actually ridiculous. As soon as an injury happens, he puts up a video on YouTube. So make sure you're following him over there because I I respect the hustle. I respect the the grind, the work ethic. As soon as an injury happens, he pops up, lets you know what it is. He pops up, lets you know who it's to and his approximate estimation of how long these guys are going to be out for. So he thinks Carson's going to miss probably two weeks at the minimum, depending on the severity of it. And that obviously opens the door because this is the Seattle offense that you want a fucking piece of no matter how you can get it. Not David Moore, right? Not fucking Greg Olson, not Jacob. You don't want any of pieces besides like three pieces. It's so the two starting wide receivers. Shout out to Tyler Lockett for locking me up fucking multiple dubs last night. And then you want the running back. So after Chris Carson left last night's game, Carlos Hyde carried the ball 12 times, saw three targets. The other running backs for the Seahawks combined for three carries and two targets. It's Carlos Hyde's Bike field, okay. So he is a very, 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 very important priority waiver wire pickup this week. But nobody, nobody, and they have no bye week. They already had their bye week, so they have no bye week remaining. So the Chris Carson lengthy injury thing—you can't be sitting here like, oh, well, they got the bye week next week, so they can let him rest up. Shit ain't happening. Kenyon Drake. Soon as I saw the tears coming down that man's face, Chase Esmond season ankle. X rays come back negative. Okay. When you get x rays on the ankle, they'll tell you if there's a fracture, if the bone is cracked or whatever. Come back negative. They could do that in the stadium. So you get that answer pretty quickly. What you don't know is whether or not it was a high or low ankle sprain. If it's an ankle injury, you go for whether or not it's a fracture. If the x rays come back negative, you know it's a sprain of some sort. Okay. You need it's low, you need it's high. If it's high, you're fucking doomed. If it's high, you cry. That's that's the slogan I usually go by. Derek Kenyon Drake was crying, therefore it is a highing ankle sprain it's also not a fact so keep an eye on reports i have no idea if it's a fucking high ankle sprain but based on the people that i follow um they are very much assuming it's a high ankle sprain and this could cost him you know anywhere from three to six weeks depending on the severity of it i'm assuming it's going to be in the around a month range right and even like christian mccaffrey is going to be going on i think six weeks now even when he does get back if he gets back in in a month he's not going to be i don't think he's going to be useful at all for fantasy Which means Chase Edmonds becomes the obvious league winner here That everybody wanted Everybody patented Chase Edmonds as a league winner this year Um, I got him in Scott Fishbowl Which I'm absolutely running train on right now I have literally the most points in the entire conference I have to check my overall standings between the 1,200 people in it Um But out of like 60 or 70 people in my conference, I have the most points scored because my run bikes are going nuts. But I did have Chris Carson, so that's kind of a hit to me. But I got Chase, and now he's about to run train on everything. Chase Edmonds, you blow your entire fab on it. You blow your number one waiver wire on it. And I say this without a hint of comedy to this, okay? If you are in a league, if you are in a league where you could actually trade for fab, trade something. For more fab, if Chase Edmonds is on the wire, which I can't really imagine he is, maybe some people dropped him. I don't know. If he is available, you do whatever it is. Now, you can, if you're the number two waiver wire and there's someone number one above you, you go kill them. You go kill them and you make sure you get Chase Edmonds. Go trade for fab money and make sure you get Chase Edmonds. I don't care if you're above the thousand percent mark. Put a thousand and twenty percent, a hundred and twenty percent, a thousand, over a thousand dollars. Chase Edmonds, you get his ass, Okay. Now, I just made a move in a dynasty league for Chase Edmonds. Of course, there's risk. There's risk involved in every, in every fucking trade you make in dynasty, especially. Everything looks good at one point and then looks terrible a year later and vice versa. I also think, obviously, with this news, if he's out for a while, Eno Benjamin is really the only other running back on this roster. I don't think he's really played at all this year, but I think he would pretty quickly become uh, the number two. And Eno dropped to a seventh round, and that was like what made me comp- want no part of him as as like a dynasty pick because seventh round draft capital is like a coin flip to usually make the roster he makes the roster and i remember doing the write-up in my dynasty in our dynasty draft guide and uh a lot of the numbers and a lot of the things i was looking at with eno his production his skill set his athleticism very very similar to the guy we already talked about in aaron jones on the smaller side but they're elusive they can catch the ball. They could do a lot of good things. So, you know, Benjamin is definitely someone to keep an eye on if you are in deeper leagues, assuming this is a more serious Drake injury. But in the NYC Dynasty League, so that the, the draft vlog, the, the NYC weekend vlog, that is like the trailer on my channel. Everybody comes to New York. We obviously didn't have that weekend this year, unfortunately. Broke our streak. But we put together a Dynasty League so everybody can stay in touch. And then when we fucking come back stronger than ever 2021, we're going to go wild probably be multiple deaths to be honest I'm a little nervous for it that being said in that league where like half the teams are fucking tanking and it's wildly corny and I hate it I'm one of the competing teams I moved a 20 21 first I moved my first my first right now I think I'm in fourth place so I'm expecting to be a playoff team I'm expecting to compete for the championship so I'm assuming it's a late a late first for Chase Edmonds and a late second so I went from my first and my second picked up chase edmonds this is on the risk that drake's gonna be out for a while and chase edmonds becomes you know the league winner if not you know like an rb1 for the next five six weeks which will hopefully get me a buy or you know i think by that point you give him like edmonds is just like a thousand times better than drake has i don't see how there's any way cliff can continue watching the fucking games and see what chase does and then continue to put Drake out there over him. So I I am risking it for the fucking limb. it, man. I'm I'm all in. And Chase Edmonds is gonna fucking uh, probably dud because I want him that bad. That's what ends up happening. So we got a lot of running backs hurt. A lot of running backs hurt. We have uh, Philip Lindsay in the Conco protocol. Uh, it's it's a full blown running back by committee there in in Denver. If Lindsay is good for week eight. Um, if he's not, obviously, Melvin Gordon is going to be seeing 20 plus touches. But this is his first documented concussion in the NFL as a pro. which Probably means like his third. But I give him like a 50-50 chance to suit up next week. And who did the Broncos play next week, actually? Who do they play? Eagles have placed Deshaun Jackson on the IR. Of course, they did. Broncos play... Broncos play at home against the Chargers who just probably lost Melvin Ingram for some more time then the Falcons then the Raiders then the Dolphins nice passing down matchup but regardless uh, I think Lindsey will probably be back and uh, it's probably gonna be a 50-50 time split but again Melvin Gordon pretty much continues to see the more valuable portion of the time split we have more running backs all right we got Devonta Freeman going all the way back Thursday night football we got fucking snacks in the building and I think he's the reason why Devonta Freeman got hurt because he just started getting around to liking him. And I'm like, don't do it. He's going to break your heart. This is what happens when you run like Derrick Henry, but you're built like Derrick Henry shit out Derrick Henry. That's what happens when you're Devonta Freeman and you do shit like that. You bang your ankle up. Um, now, Wayne Gallman came in and looked kind of fantastic. And uh, he handled 15 touches. And this was against a tough Philly run D. 15 touches on 32 snaps. Uh, Deion Lewis, three touches. And... This is going to be not, not someone I'm going to go crazy on if he's still on your wire. Some leagues play where like you could got to actually pick people up on Fridays. Um, so maybe you were already able to get Gallman. But they do have 11 days to rest up. If this is, We haven't really heard any information, despite it being like five days later. Uh, we don't know if it is a low ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain. Obviously, if it's a higher ankle sprain, it's going to miss some time. Wayne Gallman becomes a priority pickup. I'm not going to put him over Chase Edmonds. I'm probably not going to put him over Carlos Hyde. Um, but he's definitely a feeling running back right now during bye weeks and whatnot. Jeff Wilson over in San Francisco. Massive game. Massive game and then dead. High ankle sprain. Massive game, high ankle sprain. That's how it works. That's like the seventh high ankle sprain on this offense. I don't understand what is happening. Get the fucking team new shoes. Get them high, high ankle shoes. Get them fucking high waisted shoes. It's not even a fucking thing, but get it done. Get it done. Stop having high ankle sprains. He's probably going to be out like three to five weeks. We have Raheem Mostert already on the IR. We have Tevin Coleman maybe coming back. I've, I've heard he's been coming back for like two months now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, so he might be biked from injury soon. Keep an eye on Tevin Coleman because here's what happens. We've got Jamichael Hasty, and we have Jarek McKinnon. Now, I want to put the quote up for Jarek McKinnon. While I'm doing that, make sure you hit the thumbs up if you're in here, people. We got 700 people in here and only 120 thumbs up. Wildly disrespectful. So Kyle Shanahan said the team planned on resting Jarek McKinnon in Week Seven against the Patriots due to his big early season workload. I call bullshit. That it's something's fucking weird there. All right, you're just gonna rest Jarek McKinnon in a in a big matchup against the Patriots. Like I just I just don't see I just don't see any truth to what he's saying there. That he just wanted to rest him because he was because he was a fucking workhorse earlier on in the year uh here's the thing you look back at the last three games he's had three carries six carries and one carry so what the fuck are you talking about Jerick mckinnon's been operating on a huge early season where he had like two games where he had like 15 touches I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be okay if you give him more work you just clearly like jermichael hasty better jermichael hasty has had as many or more touches now in three straight games over Jerick mckinnon and Raheem Mostert's out. I think Jamichael Haysi has looked better. And even when you look at McKinnon's numbers, like for fantasy, he was good while Mostert was out. And otherwise, he's been kind of terrible. Like he had that one big week against the Jets where he broke off that huge run and obviously his yards per carry was astronomical in that one. But after that, against the Giants, 2.7 yards per carry. The next game, Philly, 3.9 yards per carry one carry against Miami went for 0 yards, against the Rams 3.0 yards per carry, yesterday against New England, 3 attempts for negative 1 yards. So he's actually been wildly inefficient on the ground. He's been great through the passing game, but uh it seems like they're just not making that part of their game plan on offense. So he can say whatever he wants, but like the the fucking the um the truth of the matter is, we have the fucking numbers in front of us and that he's playing to Michael Hasty clearly ahead of Jarek McKinnon for three for three straight weeks, and I, I guess Coleman is a pickup. I would add Jermichael Hasty, but like I'm not gonna feel comfortable probably run if if we know everyone is out except for McKinnon and Hasty. I think you could probably throw both guys in. Uh, you could probably throw Hasty in as 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 a flex play and hope uh, that he has a couple big like breakoff plays, which he's certainly capable of. McKinnon maybe he'll take the pass catching work again. Who are they playing next week? They play against the Seahawks. Okay, interesting matchup where they're already a 54 point over under in the game. Gonna be point scored. Doesn't really matter. The running backs for San Fran are going to produce regardless. And now they're probably without Debo Samuel as well. So they're gonna need pass catchers there. I think they're both like RB3 flex plays next week, assuming Tevin Coleman is night, night bike. Night bike, night bike. Debo Samuel, the hamstring. Uh, probably a week or two, could be up to a month, depending on the severity. Fucking stinks, man. You hate to see that because he's just getting back into form. He's getting a lot of targets. He's getting involved in the offense. And now Brandon Ayuk pretty much goes back to playing that role, and uh, Brandon Ayuk becomes a must-add, um, pretty much for anyone that is desperate at the wide receiver position for this week. People that might be desperate might have rostered OBJ. Poor now for OBJ, unless you're snacks and you don't give a shit. Torn ACL, torn ACL. Um, this offense is really tough to invest to invest in in the passing game here here is what we'll here's how we'll break this down it's this gonna be a lengthy little breakdown so again just tuck your shirts in relax and, and stop yelling i'll do that for you okay we have jarvis landry who has been just straight ass cheeks in the receiving game he is clearly still hurting from the hip surgery like he, he had a very serious hip surgery in the offseason And like the timetable for it was leading up to the start of the season where there was no way he was going to be 100 percent going into the year, which we don't like to draft those guys. And it's clearly lingering. And then he's got the rib injury going on as well. So he's in pain on top of that. So what this means, I guess, with OBJ out, I mean, Kareem Hunt stonks going fucking up. Uh, Austin Hooper in the three games before he missed this one, he had a 26 percent target share in three straight games. So he was starting to heat up a little bit. They were turning the fucking heat up on the oven a little bit for Mr. Austin Hooper. Then he has, uh, I believe, an appendectomy, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. As, as a technical doctor, I probably should know. But he has one, and he's out for last week. And then the rumors are that he's out for this upcoming week as well already. So if you're ruling him out already, which they didn't technically rule him out, but I've heard the rumors that they're probably keeping him out pretty early in the week. So it might be a little more serious than we're giving it credit for. Harrison Bryant, rookie, tight end. I'm going to pull up his, uh, his shits right here. He is going to be a pickup on the waiver wire this week at tight end. And we typically don't have like breakout guys on the tight end waiver wire. We just keep recycling shitty guys that have a chance at a touchdown that we never actually hit on. You know, like they had the touchdown last week. So we're like, oh, let's try to do this. And then they go zero for fucking three. And uh, and now we have a, a legit semi breakout candidate. So Harrison Bryant, 6'5", 240. Most importantly, very good in college. Right. College dominator, 80th percentile, college arts perception, 68th percentile, breakout age in the 91st percentile, best comparable to Hunter Henry. OK, so Harrison Bryant comes in and probably takes over as the tight end one there. Right. They still have David Njoku. He goes five, four, 56, two. Five targets, four receptions, 56 yards, two touchdowns yesterday. He outsnapped David Njoku 40 to 31. He ran 17 to 12 routes by Njoku. So he's not separating himself entirely. But as a rookie, if you're already leading him, that discrepancy will probably continue to grow. Um, But he looks he looked impressive yesterday. And here's the other thing to consider what this offense overall, right? Like he might just be a young, uh, exciting player overall, but the offense dictates itself to a guy like Harrison Bryant, especially in a situation where Austin Hooper is out they were already running multiple tight end sets, like on a near 50% rate, which is one of the higher clips in the entire NFL. I believe it was number three in terms of having at least two, if not more tight ends on the field at the same time. So that's a very high rate. And now if he becomes the tight end one, because Austin Hooper is going to be out, he'll be on the field nearly every damn play. And with OBJ out, like, Things get a little weird, okay? So we have we have Richard Higgins. We have Richard Higgins, um, who had a big game yesterday, six for six and 110 yards. But he's like every dude in fantasy that like has a big game that we have no idea what their fucking role actually is. Like Rashad Higgins, I feel like been around for six years, and every once in a while he has he has like two of these games a year, and they're always nine weeks apart. So he has them, and then we get excited, and then he does absolutely nothing the next game. It's like Richard Higgins david moore marquez valdez scantling fucking keelan cole there, there's a whole the a whole list of these guys zach pascal i could throw on there too that do the same fucking thing every once in a while they have a big game and they're like oh they look to be involved in the offense maybe there's something here but we've already learned that lesson like 50 fucking times with rashard higgins all right are we going to hit on them two games in a row probably damn not because they never have two games in a row that are good it never happens okay he has a big game yesterday but do you have confidence in him i don't have any fucking confidence in him going forward uh, I think he's worth a stash for the OBJ owner because maybe he does take over as the wide receiver one on the outside, outside of Jarvis Landry. And you do look at their schedule over the next seven, eight, 12 weeks, whatever it is. Um, it's Vegas, Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and then they got a tough game against Baltimore. But the fantasy playoffs for the Browns, the Giants, and then the Jets. So Higgins led the team in routes ahead of Landry. Um, who again I, I said is probably still ailing a lot from the injuries that he's had. I, I actually think based on the schedule and based on Jarvis Landry's health, he could very quickly become a buy-low candidate with OBJ's injury. Because again, he came into the year injured with the hip. He's got this new rib injury, right? Where he's going through some pain. They play Vegas this week, this upcoming week, and then they have a buy. They have a bye right after that. So Landry desperately needs that. If they can get past the bye week and Landry's coming out there at 90% full strength, he's probably going to be the target leader in this offense with no more OBJ there. So you'll have Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, Giants, Jets over the second half of the season with a more healthy Jarvis Landry, who will be even further removed from the offseason surgery and another two weeks to rest up from the rib thing. So I think yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go nuts about anyone in this passing offense, but I think Jarvis Landry, he might even be dropped in some of your leagues. So if he's dropped, I would go pick him up. I'm not gonna trade anything worth of value. Go we'll fucking trade Kenyon Drake's dumbass for Jarvis Landry and see what happens. Uh what else we got here? We got Donovan Peoples Jones did a little thing yesterday, too. He was he was a polarizing player coming out of Michigan. People love the athleticism. I guess you can pick him up in deeper leagues and see what happens, but I'm not really investing any fab into him. The the overall problem here to sum up what I've been talking about for 40 fucking minutes, which I should have just prefaced with this and not talked about it, is this passing offense. First off, anything we're excited about right now is coming off the heels of a game against the Bengals. So we need to simmer down a little bit, right? We turn the oven up. Let's turn the fucking stove down a little bit. Simmer down. And it it was a game where the Browns scored 37 points. Mayfield threw five passing touchdowns. He only threw the ball 28 times in this game. He's averaging 28 passes a game, which is 28th in the NFL among quarterbacks. He's only thrown the ball more than 30 times twice this year. So now they're going to lose their wide receiver one on the outside. And then they're going to say like, let's up, let's up fucking uptick, increase the passing volume. Doesn't make sense. Okay. So if anything, they're going to continue to work through their, their running backs here. Um, So I would just tread lightly when it comes to this Cleveland offense overall, but Harrison Bryant is definitely a fill in tight end this week. If you're like an Ertz owner, if you're one of these guys whose tight end got hurt. Okay. Everybody's hurt. Andy Dalton dead in the concussion protocol. Ben DiNucci straight out of fucking mama's garden in Italy. Benny DiNucci. Okay. Um, Dalton's in in the concussion protocol. DiNucci is absolutely not startable in any sort of fantasy league. It's a massive downgrade for everyone on this offense. The way I'm looking at this situation right now is very much like um, do you remember last year when Darnold was out? Not this, this year, but like last year when Darnold was out and they kept trotting out dudes at quarterback that like y- you never was it nick folk no nick folks the ki- they might as well have fucking trotted out nick folk the kicker at their quarterback position it was guys that i can't even remember their names and it was just like the most brutal stretch of one month of, of game gameplay for uh the jets this is what this reminds me of this kid is from jmu james madison university their o-line is like kind of in shambles right now um philly defense special teams needs to be picked up everywhere in fantasy okay coming off a, a light nine point fantasy game against the giants but whether or not Dalton's under center, like I think they are a very good play this year because they'll get pressure on whatever quarterback and especially against a beat-up offensive line. So if it's Denucci, without a doubt, probably the defense number, actually number two, because the fucking Kansas City Chiefs, who we told you to draft all summer. All summer, they were the defense one, and they're showing fucking why, and now they get the Jets this week. It's going to be beautiful. So Jets, and then Philly, if Danucci is the quarterback, it, it's a problem for everyone on the team right now because... You have Lamb and Gallup, who combined for zero receptions yesterday. Lamb still saw five targets, probably dropped a sure big-ass gain on a slant. Um, but regardless, listen, the numbers show zero receptions for both guys. Zeke, if Danucci's under center, Zeke would become strictly a volume-based, like, I'm hesitant to even call him an RB1. What ha- Do you know what happens when you're a really bad offense? You don't run a lot of plays. And especially with their defense, how bad the defense is, they're going to be on the field the whole game. Like the opposing offense is going to eat up clock and eat up clock and destroy this defense down the field. And on the flip side of things, like very much like what we saw with the the football team this weekend, 25 to three dominated. Zeke got what? 15 touches, 15 touches behind a shitty offensive line against a tough Philly defense. Not going to probably, I mean, I don't even know if you can um, rank him as an RB1 this week, man. So lamb Gallup, zeke i it's tough cooper still operating as the alpha but like i'm not going to be expecting a seven for 80 game week in and week out especially if dalton's out so just be weary of the practice reports good lord that was uh that was a lot of injuries to cover let's move over to to some committees i made this little cute little chart for y'all because there's a lot of fuckery going on in bike fields right now for running backs okay Lot of fuckery. And it starts with these committees. It's not your town hall committees, it's just the bad coaching committees. We'll go from top to bottom. This is in literally no order, just whatever one's popping to my head. We had Leonard Fournette versus Ronald Jones. Fournette outsnapped Jones. He ran more routes, most importantly, and had 18 opportunities. So Ronald Jones came out and was like running well, dropped a pass. This was Fournette's like first real game. Good bike. Ankle's good to go. We can put you on the field. And good Lord, did he look good. He looked explosive. And most importantly, he was just dominating on the passing downs in this offense because Ronald Jones drops another ball and Fournette goes on his way to seven targets, catches six targets or catches six of the seven targets for 47 yards, just missed on a touchdown. Uh, But Bruce Arians came out after the game and said that Shady lost his passing down role. He has lost his passing down role to Leonard Fournette. So you're looking at Fournette as a guy who has the passing down role in a Tom Brady offense. He has it. It's his. He can sleep with it at night. And he's going to continue to cut into the running workload. Okay. He ran 25 routes yesterday. Rojo has not ran 25 routes in a game this entire year. All right. And this was the way things felt like they were kind of heading in this direction, trending pre-injury ankle to Fournette, and now it's here. And it wasn't all garbage time either. Like he had like ten or eleven, I want to say, opportunities in the first half. Like this was real, getting Fournette involved in the in the game plan. Uh, I Ronald. jones is like locked and loaded time as an RB2 is definitely over. And to be honest, rest of season, I would rather take Fournette over Ronald Jones straight up. If you ask me who I would rather own from right now to the rest of the season, it would be Leonard Fournette. San Fran. Um obviously we already talked about this. Jeff Wilson had the monster day before he got carted off. And uh he's gonna be out for quite some time with the high ankle sprain. Comes to a showdown between Hasty and McKinnon. We'll see what happens with Whoa, don't you be fucking zooming in on me there. We'll see what happens with Tevin Coleman, but we already we already mentioned that. And then DeAndre Swift looks like he was on a on his way to a big day. Starts off with like six carries, 25 yards and a touchdown early on in the game and then completely devolved, completely just kind of shut out of the game plan. Uh, he did, again, out snap everybody. 45% snaps was good to see. Opportunities 14 to 12. We're seeing carry on just be completely phased out of the game. He's just not wh- like, why is it? Why is carry on? Like, what are running backs do? They get the ball in their hands and they make something happen. Why are you putting a guy like Carrion on the field for 23% of the snaps and you're not even giving him the ball? Like what is the just put a fucking fullback out there if you want to do that. Let him block or something. Put another tight. Just keep fucking DeAndre Swift on the field. Keep him on the field. Sorry. Um, so yeah, this, this is kind of what we talked about last week, in that we have no faith in Matt Patricia continuing to. Stop feeding Adrian Peterson carries that go for two and a half yards. Where DeAndre Swift is averaging five, six yards per carry. Again, I just don't have faith that he's going to continue to do it. And I'm not going to talk about Atlanta, so fuck off if you're in the comments right now talking about it. Clyde Edwards-Claire, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was he looked great on the ground. Looked a little bit rejuvenated, looked fine. Was not involved in the passing game whatsoever. Uh, But this is what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a full-blown committee here sooner rather than later I mean Clyde looked great listen Clyde looked great and I said it in the Le'Veon Bell signing thing like I thought it was more so you know if you have the choice between okay Clyde's coming off the field would I rather put fucking Darrell Williams or Darwin Thompson on or Le'Veon Bell a very easy signing for them for the amount of money that they needed to give this guy okay so Bell looked great running the ball uh, I think he averaged like seven yards per carry was not involved in the passing game so we'll see how that continues to trend going forward um then we got the charges where everyone started getting hyped up about justin jackson and it was a josh kelly game 17 opportunities to justin jackson's 11 he also came into the week like pretty banged up and then he was like not on the field for warming up for the game so we didn't even know if he was going to be active and i think that kind of played a role into it a little bit he did end up running 19 routes to josh kelly's 20 but typically i think we'd probably see justin jackson run way more routes than josh kelly and I, I don't think Justin Jackson is at a hundred percent health right now. So that's what we're going to have to monitor throughout the week. If we see Justin Jackson continue to be like a limited participant in practice, this is probably why this is what happened to um, the, the duo bike here. And then another duo of young running backs in Buffalo. It's ugly there, man. Told y'all not to start Devin Singletary. Hopefully y'all listened. And it is a complete split right now between Moss and Singletary. I don't think either of them are startable. Um, if I, I would probably hold on to both of them, even though rest of season, I might take Moss over Singletary. I mean, they both aren't doing anything good fantasy wise. Josh Allen chips in again with like 60 more rushing yards, more than both of these guys like combined. So it's ugly there. Not a lot, not a lot of good to take away other, other than fucking stonks down for Singletary stonks up for LeMichael P Ryan, not Frank Gore. Look at the snap right there. 70 to 28 in favor of P Ryan, 15 routes run. Frank Gore had no involvement in the passing game. 14 to 11 opportunities. Frank Gore had 11 carries. Actually looked good on the ground. I think he had like 60 yards on the ground where Michael Piron did end up getting into the end zone. He caught a couple passes. He didn't look great. I don't think Michael Piron's that great of a player, but it looks like, I mean, they said they wanted to get him more involved and they got him more involved on the field. So I would stash Michael P. Ryan. He is, uh, He's not like the worst consolation prize to all of the other guys that we'd rather have, but he's pretty fucking close, actually. He's pretty close to the worst. But I would still, I would, I would pick him up if I could and see if he, you know, maybe he like plays himself into that miles Gaskin role where you think it's going to be a little bit shittier than it was. And then it turns out to be still also kind of shitty, but maybe a little bit better than you thought it might be. I'd pick up Michael P Ryan. I don't know. I don't know why the fuck not. What else we got? We got the saints and uh, drew Brees just continuing to defy father time. Every time, you know, what's fucking, you know, what drives me nuts is people's viewpoints on quarterbacks in the NFL. It's like, everyone needs to have a hot take after every single week. Any, any quarterback that's ranked from like quarterback 11 through 29 is either out of a job next year or is now borderline elite week after week. It's a new, it's a new conversation every single week. Like Wentz left for dead has one good game. He's fucking bike. Matt Stafford, super disappointing. One good game. Good. Matt Ryan done finish. Might as well retire. Might as well trade him. Julio Jones comes back in the lineup. Matt Ryan, easy fucking quarterback seven rest of season. It's every single week. You don't need to make a fucking hot take about a quarterback. I promise you don't. You'll fucking be able to live. You'll be able to eat food. You'll be able to fucking have, go have sex. You'll be able to do it all. If you don't have to have a hot take on every single quarterback every single week. I promise. Like you could still live your life without doing. It. Okay. Drew Brees, one of those guys, 287 more yards, two touchdowns, no Michael Thomas again. we don't know what the, what the timeline is for this, but we do have a newcomer into the equation. We were excited about Traquan Smith. Well, I wasn't, but like some people were. And Marquez Callaway. shout out to the homies over at Roto Underworld and Player Profiler because they've got, you know, they've got a very similar thing to us going on here where we have like a bunch of different pieces of content coming out daily, like day by day. Um, You can expect a new thing Like Mondays, you know I'm going to be doing the live stream here Wednesdays, you know It's going to be bunk bed Breakdowns, Thursday You know, it's going to be Fade the public Friday is going to be my ranking You know, it goes day by day It's like a whole new Fucking production Premium featured film Each day They do the same shit over there And one of the new pieces Of content that they do That I really, really, really like And I'm going to pull up his Twitter They got this kid Cody Cody Capentiel I believe is his name Cody Carpentier at Carpentier NFL. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna screenshot this. And he started a new podcast on their radio. Let me throw this up on that bitch so you guys can see who I'm talking about. This man right here. So go follow him on Twitter. Uh, every, I believe it's Tuesday or Wednesday, he does a super specific podcast breaking down like the wide receiver two, three, and four in each offense, going by like snap counts, going by like routes run. And this is extremely valuable in Dynasty. These are the guys that like, you're too lazy and you don't want to put the time or the work in to know if like Demir Bird is running more routes than fucking Nikhil Harry. They, they had Marquez Callaway pinpointed as like a big breakout this week. And that was beautiful. And I, I have a lot of respect for when people make fucking ridiculous calls like that and then hit on them. And this was one of them. Um, and again, they're very much like us. We're like Monday morning, like Ray, you guys probably know Ray Garvin, friend of the show. He does like a, a sort of like a Devi college show. If you really want to be into the upcoming class, um, make sure you do that. Obviously, free podcast. It's a Roto Underworld podcast. I will link that down below. But I, I got a lot of respect for the brand. I like what they're doing over there. And they put out a lot of valuable information week over week. So go Subscribe. Go listen, because then your ass would have picked up Marquez Calloway. Your ass would have picked up Marquez Callaway. What else we got? Your ass should pick up Denzel Mims. That's what your ass should do right now. Made his debut. Missed the first six weeks of the season. Uh, Perriman goes into the concussion protocol. He's in it right now. He's in that bitch right now. So he leaves the game early. Uh, Jameson Crowder also was not active for this game. But Denzel Mims's involvement was extremely, extremely promising. He was a guy that I loved in the preseason. Coming out of Baylor, hyper-athletic dude, just like all-around, 40-yard dash, agility, fucking Burt. Like, everything is there. Producer in college. Absolute monster. Second-round pick for the Jets. He catches four of his seven targets for 42 yards. Not a monster day by any means, but he's a rookie. This is his first game on the field, and those seven targets... Were a 30.4% target share. Sam Darn only threw the ball 23 times, and he had seven of those targets. And I'm not sure why this was, but almost all of that came in the first half. I don't know if this was just like a dominant game in terms of time of possession in the second half, or once Perriman went out, then they put Trey White onto Denzel Mims, and obviously that's going to be a fucked up situation for any rookie wide receiver. But I think Denzel Mims is, is someone that actually has upside of being maybe a borderline... I don't want to say borderline wide receiver one, but like borderline wide receiver one in his offense. He has like that in his range of outcomes where he could actually be the top guy on the outside in his offense. And you don't get to pick up a lot of of guys like that midway through the season. Midway through the season. So Mims is definitely another pickup um, in terms of wide receiver. Weve else? Let's hit a new segment. We're going to hit a new segment this week called Welcome Bike. Because Gronk Bike, Fournette Bike, Deontay Johnson, very bike. Gronk now. Eight five seventy eight one. Eight five 62 one. Say it with me. Eight 5, 71 one. Eight five something one. What's up? You want to dance too? You know I'm talking about Gronk. Uh Gronk, bike to bike weeks. He's he 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 is tight end a tight end one going forward. Uh I think it took him a while to get his legs under him, man. He, he's starting to look like an actual football player again, okay? That's the big thing here. Uh, two huge games in a row again without OJ Howard there. And A.B. A- is coming into the picture. So this could become a problem, a little bit of a problem in terms of like where the targets are going and deciphering what to do each week. But uh, but Gronk has looked just, just objectively, if you've watched any of the games, he looks like a completely new player now as opposed to the first half of the season or the first month of the season. So Gronk, welcome bike, my friend. We already talked about Fournette. I broke it down in the committee shits, but he is—he is very much bike. He is very, very, very much bike, and I'd be very scared if Ronald Jones uh, was on my fantasy team, which he is unfortunately on a few of my fantasy teams. So I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm out here fucking celebrating Leonard Fournette when I don't even own him anywhere, and I own all Ronald Jones. She, she, Deontay Johnson is bike. 15 targets yesterday big ben had a season-high 49 pass attempts i'm fucking someone check his elbow this morning there's no way it's still there no fucking way juju 14 targets too just massive target numbers for both guys i just tweeted this out okay make sure you're following me on twitter if you're not already i believe it's right there let me see did i put the fucking tweet thing back up there yeah at nick underscore bdge and then you could just fucking follow my name on instagram at nicker colano Deontay Johnson, in the three games he's played this year in which he did not leave early with an injury, his target totals are 10, 13, and 15. 10, 13, and 15. Can y'all hear me? Bark twice if you just fucking heard what I said. I don't hear any barks. Fucking lame. Rude. Tell your dog to bark. A dog right outside It won't bark should i have to yell it louder should i have to yell at the target totals louder i'm not gonna do that the biggest question the biggest question here was what happens to chase claypool when deontay comes back onto the field right like he's been so exciting but like we've never really had the game where everything clicks together and everyone's on the field together and seeing what happens here's what happened it was juju and deontay as the ones and twos in terms of snap counts in terms of play time in terms of production chase claypool far overtook James Washington, though, okay? So Washington seems to be getting phased out. And Claypool was a wide receiver three. Um, but that that's the thing with Claypool. Uh, as soon as you start to trust him, as, as a big play guy, you're going to have a lot of these ups and downs. As someone who's not like a, a pure possession receiver or a big part of the game plan where you have multiple guys already ahead of you in the pecking order, it's going to come with a lot of inconsistency. And we saw that yesterday. And what was interesting is, I was listening to someone tweeted out, I think that, Malcolm Butler of the Titans was actually like shadowing Claypool for most of the game. So this might've been like a game plan thing where they were just like, we don't want them to beat us deep. We don't want Ben to go over the top and beat us with Claypool. So just keep everything around the line of scrimmage. And that was like everything in that game. That's why they had such high target totals. They were literally just short passes. Line of scrimmage was Deontay Juju, Deontay Juju bike and fourth. So that could have been a game plan thing. Um, But regardless, he was three wide receiver three in the pecking order. A lot of people got nervous about Deontay Johnson um does this make me feel better about him of course he looked fucking fantastic he did leave with an ankle injury at one point and then i believe he returned to finish the game so i wasn't nervous about it so monitor practice reports i hope this is not one of those things where he like sprained his ankle and then he came back in because of the adrenaline shit and then the next day it starts to swell up or something so keep an eye on the reports for deontay johnson he might be less than 100 percent going into next week in which we're fucking back to where we were before i even started this entire fucking segment and we have no idea who would actually start for the pittsburgh wide receivers do i feel better about juju honestly no i don't fucking feel any better about juju he's been terrible this year outside of week one where he scored the two touchdowns he just like f- for the hype that that we gave him for the first two years of his career and the production that he put up at such a young age there's nothing about watching him that you're like wow he looks really good wow he looks like the alpha like every once in a while he'll make like a 20 yard grab but it's just like it's just a mundane, it's a fucking Rashard Higgins type catch. I'm just like, I don't give a shit, you know? There's nothing about what he's doing this year that makes me feel good about owning Juju rest of season going forward, man. Doesn't feel good. They do have a little a crazy little Baltimore sandwich over the next five weeks in terms of schedule. So they get the Ravens in this upcoming week. Then they get Dallas, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. I don't know if you could think up, if if you could muster up a better fucking passing defensive spread than what they have in this sandwich. Because then they get Baltimore again. So it's Baltimore. Dallas, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. Baltimore. Clapped up. So. Going to feel good owning Deontay Johnson right now. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for Juju against Marlon Humphrey next week. So I will be down on him again most likely. And. I want to say that's most of what we got here today. I want to say I do want to jump into some monkey knife fight shits. Because we got a game tonight. And I'm trying to lose y'all some more. Monday. Let me put monkey knife fight down here. Let me get the screens on here. If y'all have not signed up for monkey knife fight yet, you should probably do that. Y'all should probably do that because they've got some good games here. Monday night football, which is probably gonna be a terrible game, but but they got good player prop games and we can win some Monday. We can pay the mortgage, okay? I hate everything about this game for Jared Goff. He's been horrible as a quarterback against Chicago Bears the last few years. I think Nick Foles is kind of just horrible as a quarterback in general, Um, so I kind of want the under of everything I don't know who is going to score a touchdown I don't know if anyone's gonna score. this could end up being like an 11 to 6 game so what are we looking at we want something where Jared Goff is going to have a shit game and we have Allen Robinson in a tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey the Rams secondary has allowed very very few points to opposing wide receivers this year in terms of fantasy points so we're going to go to one of the games up here that has fantasy points underneath it so you know we're just fucking around with fantasy points also if you have not signed up for monkey knife fight yet whatever you deposit they're going to double it if you use promo code bdge so if you go deposit ten dollars they're going to put twenty dollars in your account when you use the promo code bdge when you sign up then you could then you could throw it all you could throw all your fucking savings account your kids college tuition throw it in here throw it all in here they'll double it for you and then we'll lose it all together what else do we got? Alan Robinson, Robert Woods. Man, I don't feel good about any of that. Okay, so let's go with this one. Let's fucking run this bike. So you need to hit two of these two correctly. And that will three and a half extra buy-in. So if you throw down 10, you're going to get 35 from this. I'm just going to take the under for Jared Goff. I don't care what. It could be like 11. I'm going to take the under. Because Chicago's defense is absolutely fucking stifling. And Jared Goff just does not play well against really good defenses he's been terrible Nick Foles 15 and a half fantasy points It's going to be a garbage time game does he end up throwing a couple lucky touchdowns uh, I'm just going to take the under on both I just think this is going to be a shit game I think it's going to be a close game I think it's going to be like real, realistically probably like 16 to fucking 12 and uh, it's probably going to end up being 30 to 28 because I'm saying all this shit and you guys get to watch it afterwards so that's going to be my play this week under 16 and a half for golf under 15 and a half for Nick Foles let's get bike to YouTube Where art thou? Where art thou? Where are we going? What's good? How we doing, YouTube? I can actually read your comments again. I'm reading them for the first time since we kicked off. How long have we been on this fucking thing for? 47 minutes. Oh, it's longer than usual. Actually, no, it's not. I usually go for like an hour and a half on these ones. Uh, Where are we at? Time to go light up for sure, 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 sure. What am I getting all these dumbass emails about? Yeah, I don't believe you, Petra. I just get dumb fucking emails all day. Just people trying to fucking spam me into bullshit. I'm not my grandma. You can't tell me that like my, my grandson is kidnapped in fucking Aruba and to pay you money. I'd pay you for my grandsons. Y'all is my grandson, so I would pay for you. Um, was good yes we're very bike again y'all are watching we have one third of the thumbs up hit the thumbs up hit the thumbs up what about rex bulkhead what about him you're not playing anybody in that patriots offense let's talk about the patriots offense so bad so fucking bad i started cam newton in way too many fucking leagues this week and i knew i shouldn't have i meant to swap him out in a couple of them but got me like a negative 0.2 points in etown get down so bad so fucking bad their offense is one the first two weeks they ran their offense i knew this was not going to be like i knew this was not yeah you know who else is practicing alshon jeffrey's also practicing chris mccaffrey back practice i don't don't mean shit to me um Oh, well, Chris, you got lucky then because we, I don't think we hit that fucking thing. I don't think we hit the, the monkey knife fight bet anyway, so it was good for all y'all. Uh, okay, so the Patriots' offense, like their offense consisted of Cam Newton running like Derrick Henry for the first two weeks. Like that's not going to hold up for 16 games. It's out of control. Probably did him a favor not having that continue to be the thing because he'll probably get hurt. And then their wide receivers literally cannot create an ounce of separation, not an ounce of separation like me on this fucking microphone me on this microphone this is cam newton's wide receiver separations testing testing check niner niner julian edelman can you fucking get open nope Nikhil harry are you open nope the mere bird we know your ass ain't fucking open it's disgusting it's disgusting so they're in some trouble i don't know what they're gonna do i know that the patriots and you like to think they turn around something looks something looks fucked up with cam's uh Something looks fucked up with cams, everything. I don't know, but I'm nervous as a cam owner. What are we doing? What else is going on? Anything fun? Let me check Twitter. 17 new notifications. Zam. Mm -hmm. What's up poppy What do we got What do we got Any fun questions Nah Nothing fun Come on guys Come on y'all Shard Higgins, already talked about him. Antonio Gibson, is that a question? I don't understand. You ain't working on that BDG tattoo. It takes five seconds to get a tattoo. Don't be fucking lying. If you wanted it, you would have gotten it already. No fun questions How about Zeke going forward I literally couldn't name a less fun question That I already talked about Are you guys just jumping in here For one off questions Like I probably already talked about everything you're asking Just FYI Okay I'm hopping off I'm hopping the fuck off no I don't have the box We need to fill more spots on the box break We need to fill more spots on the box break Um We still are not filled up on the fucking origins We've got six origin boxes We've got six origin boxes That we need to split up by divisions <sighs> Thoughts on BGE, UFC, MMA, Avenue. Um, interesting. I'd imagine like. I mean, we'd have to have probably like 15 times the audience that we have now. That's like what Barcelona does at Rough and Rowdy except it's just boxing. I'd imagine like the legal loopholes that you need to go to in order to have like some kind of organized fighting fucking thing is probably out of control. But it is really, it's a, it's a really cool idea. I don't really care much for it, though, to be honest. I would just like, honestly, I'll just tell Snacks and animal to fight. I'll just videotape it and put it in a vlog. How was Mel's party? Mel's party was fantastic. How do you even know about that? Did I tell you about that? Um, yeah, Mel's party was fun as shit. We, we had uh, the party up. Oh, yeah, I think it was in the live stream. It was so good. We were at the bowling alley. We were like fucking 30 deep. It was crazy and um and we got this place frames which is like a lounge it's like a it's like an open bar bowling alley and the whole ass roof fell through it was nuts and it hit this girl and we were just like we're gonna fucking sue for everything we've got but at that time we were drunk as shit and like we were just talking shit for no reason it's really fun though very good time you're hungover, right nick uh more just like hung over from the weekend and lack of sleep not actually alcoholically hung over is that a word alcoholically? Does it get annoying when people just ask the same question every 10 seconds, or is it just me? Nah, dude, I love that. It's my favorite. I'm actually I was actually thinking about giving you guys my phone number for you to t- text me what my thoughts are on DJ Chark. I love you, Caesar. Say so. NYC Halloween ideas Trying to get drunk in a dumpster I don't know about all that Oh Matt what's up Well, yeah, What are you doing in NYC You got plans in, in Brooklyn or what You're my favorite Cole <laughs> Oklahoma drill You want to go up against Animal or Snacks I would literally put Snack. I would put Snacks in Oklahoma If I did an Oklahoma drill against him Animal would probably kick my fucking ass though Animal's low key just like thick You know He's got he's got like that animal strength Where he's just like fucking thick everywhere I have more like the athletic build So I'm kind of like lean through the middle I don't even know if I'd be able to move animal Though my friends think I could probably beat him If we did like UFC where I have reach And I could just like fucking judo kick him in the fucking neck That'd be sick What's up, what's up, what's up you watch Hubie Halloween. I did not watch that. I don't. I I don't know. I can't imagine myself watching it. Was it good? Mayor De Blasi is canceling Halloween. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't. I'm. I, I'm not. In my mind, if I'm doing something for Halloween, it definitely is not about to be. um it wasn't like planning on going to a bar or fucking club. It was going to be like a good house party or nothing at all. Jeff feels me? It was so bad. It was funny. Four out of ten, yeah. I ain't going to fucking watch four out of ten. <laughs> have you got COVID yet? Uh, honestly, after this weekend, I might have got COVID. I kissed one of the bowling balls. I was giving it like, a good luck kiss before I fucking zoomed it up i bowled pretty fucking well too um i got tested for covid like two weeks ago and i was negative again didn't have the antibodies so probably haven't had it yet probably definitely have it now though chris carson optimal recovery time five weeks yeah this is probably going to be a long thing carlos hyde's the guy you want to pick up best worst movie ever oh um biodome I don't know why that immediately comes to mind, but Biodome was so bad that I loved it. Uh, all the Harold and Kumars, I don't even think I'd consider those bad. I think I'd consider those fucking fantastic movies anyways. Um, yeah, I love those. Bill and Ted's, Incredible. Like I have two parties in NYC, one at the gallery on Thursday, and another in Queens this weekend. I don't know if I'm down for the Queens trip, but text me about this 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 gallery thing on Thursday if it's gonna be Liddy. Let's see that bowling form. Did you see it was up on my Instagram story? Favorite Monty Python movie? I've actually I've never seen Monty Python, and I'm not, I'm not even embarrassed to say it. If I dressed up as Bobby Sylvester, no one would know who the fuck I am, though. Like the the sole purpose of doing that would just to be a take a picture to put it on Twitter. Like no one, everyone in real life would be like, "Who the fuck is Bobby Sylvester?" Shout Plies, Froze That's what I'm saying. Like people think I created by like Plies is a whole ass movement by himself. What's up, Brady? What's up? All right, I'm bouncing out of here. We're filming Bunk Bed in a few, not really, probably like five hours. We're redoing a rookie draft. We're redoing a 2020 rookie draft for Dynasty. And I'm taking Zach Moss number one overall. Love you. Go pick up Chase Edmonds. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.